Business for Change is a podcast about what it takes to create a successful business that also has a positive social impact. I'm Amanda Capito. This is it, the episode covering the big pitch day for the World Vision Social Innovation Challenge. Loombrick and four other shortlisted teams will be presenting their ideas to a panel of judges and a live audience. There are two prizes up for grabs, an audience choice award valued at $20,000 and the judges pick, which is a $30,000 prize. There's also a chance the same team wins both, which would total a $50,000 grand prize. But Loombrick is focusing on the judges' pick. It's a three-minute pitch for $30,000, so each minute is worth potentially $10,000. You really have to make it worth your time. <laughs> so, Because our model is unconventional, uh, our business model, um, we're going to have to be so, so clear. Uh, I think that's going to be a challenge. The team hops in a cab and makes their way to the pitch venue, which is in downtown Toronto, close to the financial district. I catch them right as they walk in. It's moments before pitch. Right now it is, is it's T minus 20 minutes yeah. until you're gonna be pitching. How do you feel? Um, so interesting twist. I actually got the symptoms of a cold, so there were fluids just everywhere, but I figured it was nothing that makeup and coffee couldn't fix. So I got my makeup, I got my coffee. <laughs> I got all this nervous energy from the coffee um, and it's just kind of, it's just kind of, I'm riding the, this nervous energy right now, um, but I, I'm feeling good, I'm feeling good, and so we'll just enjoy the experience. Okay, Sarah. Um, I'm feeling really, really good. I'm gonna be doing the first part of the pitch, so I'm happy that we're dividing that up between the two of us, and uh, it enables us to really concentrate on one uh, part of it and have it nailed, pretty much. When I'm nervous, not good at all, at all, at all, but today is not one of those days. So. Describe the energy. Um, the energy is, um, I don't know, I think we're just very much feeling it. There's just this buzz of excitement even inside the building. As soon as I walked in, I could just feel it. There's a lot of nerves, there's a lot of anticipation, and there's a lot of excitement. So um, I think we're buzzing with it too. Do you feel like you're going to win? Well, I'm hoping to. We're going to do our best, that's for sure. Yeah, at this point, I don't even know, just because we've gone through, um, during the preparation uh, time, a lot of different slides, and honestly, they look so well prepared. Everyone looks like they're super in it to win, so we'll see what happens, and any outcome will be a very good outcome. So, With that, everyone starts to file into the room, which has a main stage, a podium, and a large screen for slideshows. The room is packed with about 100 people, including teams, advisors, and potential investors. That buzz Judith was mentioning is definitely present. And I notice some of the other teams are dressed very strategically. You guys do wear matching colors on purpose? Yep. Why red and black? Uh, because red... Um... Victory. Like red signifies like victory, so we appreciate that we're going to win today. Yeah. As for Loombrick? We decided to go with um, comfortable and casual, yet, you know, formal enough. Um, yeah, I think you definitely have more leeway to dress with your personal style as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know, I'll, I'll describe what I'm wearing. I'm just wearing a kind of, this is like this, yeah, mauve. <laughs> uh, this mauve kind of uh, t-shirt with pants and white sandals. 
and I'm wearing my go-to pants, my favorite. I feel so comfortable in them, yet like poised. Which so are black and baggy, but made of a more formal and material. And then I didn't want to be too like black and white, so I went for just plain green t-shirt, and that's just good enough. For the record, Gallia didn't attend the pitch day. She stayed in Montreal since the competition called for only two presenters from each team. We're going to get ourselves started. Okay, now let's get to the pitches. You may remember from the very first episode, we spoke to Josh Folkema from World Vision. He's the MC for the event. I think what's important um, to note is that the students that we're going to see today, they represent a bit of the future um, of this country. And I think the change that we want to see in addressing social issues. So whether or not they're successful today um, or not as a part of this challenge, you know, I think they represent what, what I think the future uh, of this country looks like. Um, as a nonprofit organization, we, uh, as World Vision, our goals are ultimately to reduce poverty and, um, uh, and vulnerability in people around the world. But addressing poverty is a complex issue. It can't be done through sort of single solutions. And I think what we're looking for is how we can leverage the, the minds, the brightest minds of Canadian universities and high schools, and how we can figure yeah, out... Yeah, most teams are university students, but there is one team from high school. They're the team dressed in red for a victory. So we're really excited that, um, that the ideas that we're going to hear today are sort of seeds to some of those things that we hope we can do in the future. Here's a sample of what those seeds from the other teams sound like in a convenient montage. And let's welcome Energy Quencher Hussein to come up and do the first pitch. Every great business solves a problem, and our problem has to do with energy poverty. When the basic needs for energy are not met, the basic needs of other crucial aspects of life, such as health, education, and water, are not met as well. So the energy quencher aims to generate electricity while improving the efficiency of everyday water collection. So the rotating motion of the barrel is able to convert mechanical energy into electrical energy, which is then stored in the supercapacitor. Um, from your average trip, you'd be able to generate enough electricity to power a cell phone within three hours. Let's move on to the next one. Let's welcome Anna and Ariel from Ample Solar from the University of Toronto. So we're a solar home system uh, that we, uh, sorry, we customize for the home and for the small businesses. Our base package is basically our uh, solar uh, panels, our battery, uh, the control box, the LED lights, and uh, our future products in the add-on is the cook stove that is highly efficient and is uh, zero, uh, zero smoke. Next, let's welcome the North East India Bioenergy Project and Robarts from the University of Saskatchewan. We're looking at a picture in the remote villages of Manipur, India. The villages are really poor and they are not able to pay electricity bills. The solution to this is providing accessible energy through pig power. So pig power consists of rearing pigs the droppings will be sent to a biogas digester and the generated biogas will be used as a fuel. To light every 100 households, we'll be needing around 1,500 pigs. All right, um, please welcome MV Labs, Venkatesh from Ryerson University. Uh, we are here to offer a clean energy solution. So solar cookers looks like a very good option, but the problem is it can be used only during the peak sunset hours. So this is where we decided that we could give a solar-powered system uh, along with uh, energy storage so that uh, it gives the customer flexibility to use the energy whenever they want. 
Next up, Lumbrick. Here's their full pitch. More than 2 billion people around the world uh, use firewood or wood charcoal as cooking fuel because they can't afford to adopt a mini grid or to change their kitchen infrastructure to support electricity. This use of traditional fuels causes 1.6 million deaths and 49,000 football fields of deforestation every year. Estimates also say it will take 50 years for all of Sub-Saharan Africa to adopt modern cooking technology. Our solution? Briquettes made of local agricultural waste, which are a direct substitute to firewood. These will be produced by a solar and hydro-powered briquetting machine, uh, which requires very little man labor. Our business model is comprised of two stakeholders. First, the farmers. Loombrick will provide them with the briquetting machine with which they can produce 300 briquettes, uh, 300 kilograms of briquettes per day. We will be buying briquettes at a wholesale price of one cent per kilogram. Our technology allows us to produce briquettes directly at the farm, meaning that we forego the cost of uh, transporting loose agricultural waste, as well as establishing and running a factory. Our second stakeholder is our customer, to whom we'll be selling the briquettes at a retail price of seven cents per kilogram. Our beachhead market consists of schools and other institutions who buy in bulk to cook uh, meals for their students and employees. We've spoken to several school administrators who've expressed interest in our briquettes because they are cheaper than wood charcoal and burn more consistently, efficiently, uh, and without any smoke. This is an ambitious plan, which can only be realized by a driven team such as ours, with backgrounds in business, engineering, and international development. Galia, our COO, has developed a first prototype of a maize waste briquette, while Gael, our mechanical engineer based in Cameroon, has developed drafts for our briquetting uh, machine. Galia and I will be traveling to Cameroon in two weeks to meet with Gael and conduct our pilot. Going forward, we need the funding and partnership of World Vision to perfect our technology and begin business in 2018. Join us in our journey to transform junk to jewels. We're ready. <laughs> the first question from the judges is from Paolo Macario, the CEO of Silfab Solar, who we met last episode. Well, first, thanks for your passion. Uh, question, uh, if you are the winning team, what are you going to do with the $30,000? Uh, right, so we're thinking of dividing up the year, the upcoming year, starting from this moment into two halves. The first half will be for our pilot, which is uh, within the next two months, and we've already budgeted for the finance for this. Uh, but the second part of the, you know, so it, it, starting in this September, we're really trying to develop our technology, which is the solar-powered machine. Um, at this point, things are very theoretical. Yes, Gael has drafted the designs, but we want to work with the McGill um, engineering faculty to actually implement it into something that we can, um, that can be put on the field in Cameroon. And so that's going to be costing um, at least $5,000 to $10,000. And then in starting in January 2018, of course, we want to get our first uh, revenue, generate our first uh, revenue, which is going to take um, travel costs uh, for us. It takes $3,000 for, um, for any tr uh, round trip, and um, as well as uh, you know, the cost of implementation and transportation is quite significant as well. 
Second judge is Otto Farkas. He's the director of programs for World Vision International. Can you tell us about, more about the machine, the brick-making machine? How, what's the costing or how, how are you supposed to pay for that? So um, I'll, div I'll divide that question up into, um, well, I, first you're asking more on the financial aspect. So it's going to cost us 520 Canadian dollars uh, per machine. This includes transportation, um, customs, as well as the production of the machine itself. Um, and that is going to take us an estimated one month to generate back um, that revenue from the uh, from the farmers. Uh, so um, for us on our, our end, um, from a business perspective, it's not going to be a very big uh, cost. Uh, and then from the technical perspective, uh, what we basically have right now is a steam um, motor, uh, which is which is getting the compression um, of the uh, machine, and we want that to be powered um, eventually by uh, by the energy of solar um, boiling the water. And finally, we hear from Amy Surigis from Mars. She's been building out venture programs for them. So if I understand correctly, are you using plant-based feedstocks? Uh, yes, um, very, yeah. So right so. now, um, we're trying to create maize waste briquettes. Yeah. Um, rather than any other, so there shouldn't be a health issue um, related to whatever you're burning um, when cooking. Yeah, so we don't need to um, take off bacteria or anything like that. It's um, plant-based. And actually, this stuff exists already. For five years, there's already been local entrepreneurs who have been um, creating this stuff, but they're very local-based. And what we want to do is scale it up using our technology because what they need is to transport loose waste um, from around the region and then sell in their region because they're constricted to a factory. So we know that they're already getting a 25% margin on this and then it's a very feasible uh, business in itself. What we want to do is scale it up by decreasing the fixed costs um, through our technology and partnership. <laughs> Thank you so much. We're just going to take one minute um, for, a, for a break and then we'll come back with the announcement. During this time, the audience is also submitting their choice for the $20,000 prize. I quickly check in with Judith and Sarah. Do you guys think you're going to win? I have no idea. I don't know. Uh, looking at the audience, they seemed kind of lukewarm. So <laughs> I'm, I'm with the best teammate ever, so yeah, whatever definitely. happens. I was like going to say, let's get cool. team hug. Okay. Okay, we'll see. The girls give each other a hug and then sit back, but still have their hands intertwined, clasping onto each other as they wait for the results. All right, we'll just wait for the judges to sit down. All right, so People's Choice first. People's Choice Award went to Energy Quencher. Side note, that's the high school team. And the grand prize went to Lumbrick. Sarah and Judith jump up and rush out of the room for their picture to be taken. I pull them aside right after they're done. Oh my god. Okay, no, I can't. So just like, well, how are you feeling right now? Well, first of all, I'm just so proud of the work we've done. We worked really, really hard. That's what they were saying. Like we put maybe not blood, sweat, and tears, but um, a lot of energy, and we're extremely passionate. And this is going to be able, like, enable us to really, really make it uh, real in the longer term. It's just incredible. Well, from the beginning, I said a startup is like a baby. 
well, my baby just got $30,000 of funding. <laughs> my baby was just given life, okay? So, so my baby has, is becoming a toddler. Like, I don't know what's happening here. So let's, let's go for it. Let's, uh, let's go to the next, let's go to the next step. <laughs> As for how the judges made their choice, here's what Paolo, Otto, and Amy had to say. I would say all, all the five teams had done a fantastic job. So it was very difficult in three minutes and plus a few questions to really discover uh, uh, the technology rather than the business model. Uh, so a lot of it came to the passion that they were putting in the presentation and perhaps the qualification or the mix of the team and indeed the belief that they could pull it out. Yeah, one is their passion and energy and the presentation obviously worked on it and that's a good thing. But of course there was also a an idea that um, it comes from an existing uh, innovation or several innovations that you can recombine in a new way in a very, very concrete uh, uh, setting and it could be potentially uh, implemented effectively and, and scaled in other, other countries as well. However, obviously, the, the whole grant is about um, helping them to figure out the actual prototype, right? So it's in a sense, it gives us a chance to invest into something that has a potential. I think a lot of it comes to who we can sort of believe will actually take on the project and, and turning it into an, a meaningful um, and sustainable venture after after the course of the competitions. Everybody brings a really good energy to this kind of work and it's really hard work to do, but it's also very trying work on each person to see your um, company or your venture through various stages of growth. So to stick with their idea and to really try to make something of it is pretty honorable. Another person who had a close eye on all the pitches was the VP of Vision Partners at World Vision Canada, Eric Franz. But he said he knew Lumbrick would win. I was sitting next to somebody in the audience when they, when they, when they were presenting and halfway through I just said, these are far and away the best presenters. Um, before I even get to the idea and, and the creativity and the, and the geniusness of that, their presentation skills alone made them stand out quite substantially. Eric then makes his way to congratulate Judith and Sarah, who are speaking to David O'Leary from World Vision. He's the guy who was explaining all the financial terms in episode five. Like even just um, so Facebook is that like their best? Oh yeah, place Facebook for, for now. Yeah, we have a website which needs to be redone. The so Facebook page? Um, Bloomberg, just her name, and you'll see a very cute picture of us. <laughs> Spell it for me. L U M B R I. Both Eric and David also made sure to add the team on LinkedIn. As soon as they walked away, I checked in with how Judith and Sarah were feeling about all of this. Like you just had like a VP and a director mm-hmm. like showering you with praises and adding you on LinkedIn. Like it's crazy. Yeah. That's yeah, a feeling. <laughs> it's just I think you know what? I think like Judith and I have always been extremely ambitious and as Judith was saying, like the only difference between I can't remember the same. The only difference between a dream and a reality is action. Exactly. So I think we've always had those dreams Mm -hmm. and just understood, like, are so lucky to be part of that small percentage of people who understand that it's only action that's going to bring you where you want to be. And so we're just going to continue to act and meet more amazing people like them and learn from them because they were like showering us with compliments, but they know so much more than we do. Yeah, so (laughs) So we need to take advantage of that and uh, build long lasting relationships who will be able to um, like have them help us along the way as Mm -hmm. well. Okay, so (laughs) advice for someone else going through this entire process. <clears throat> I've been thinking about this a lot. Okay, go Can ahead. I bring this up close and personal? Yes. Okay. Um, hey, stranger. 
Thank you so much for being with us through this leg of our journey. We learned so much and we had a lot of fun and I hope you did too. Um, if there was one thing I want you to take away from this whole podcast and this whole experience, it's the spirit of entrepreneurship, which is if there is an opportunity for you to pursue your dream um, or achieve a vision or a goal, take it. There's always going to be excuses for, you know, why you, or reasons for why you um, shouldn't take it. You know, it could be a timing thing. It could be, it's, it's a resources thing. But at the end of the day, once you take that opportunity, it opens a new world that you never thought was going to be possible. So just take away the spirit of entrepreneurship and thank you very much. <laughs> But how does that spirit of entrepreneurship hold up in Cameroon? We'll find out in the next and final episode. A Pitch for Change is a production of World Vision Canada. I'm Amanda Capito, a communications advisor with World Vision International. I'm the producer and editor of this podcast alongside Amanda D'Souza. Sound mixing is by Drew Garner. Josh Folkema and Robert Garcia are advisors to the show. Special thanks to Megan Radford, who helped with the recording of this episode. For pictures and videos from Pitch Day and more information about future social innovation challenges, visit worldvision.ca slash podcast. <laughs> <laughs>